There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the Lord. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. We're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. Hey, I'm coming down from the gallows and I don't have Gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com flagship podcast, The Standard is the Standard. I'm Jeff Hartman. Subbing in for Lance Williams tonight is a regular voice on the air for us. Chris Carter, how's it going, buddy? It's going great, man. I'm sipping on some dessert. Well, not really some dessert, but I'm, I'm, I'm here enjoying a cool drink on a hot day or a hot evening in Pittsburgh. I'm ready to talk about some Steelers. That's right, and fans should know this is a call-in show. You know, we don't want to just hear ourselves talk all the time. We want to hear from you as well. You can call in at any time, 347-850-8581. Again, 347-850-8581. If you're on hold, stay there. You'll be able to listen to the show. We will get you on the air. Promise you that. Just be patient with you. And as always, we are sponsored by Frank Walker Law. Frank Walker is the top criminal defense firm to call in the call in Western Pennsylvania or Northern West Virginia, and home to one of the nation's top 100 ranked trial attorneys. And Frank Walker, we'll be hearing more from him later on in the show. Let's get things started right off the bat. I don't think there's anything more prominent to discuss. Um, it's kind of a juggling act, but I think let's start with Le'Veon Bell. For those that don't yeah. know, I think it was about two days ago. There was a report, a rumor started on social media, Twitter mainly, that <clears throat> Lady on Bell reportedly missed a drug test. Now, those that for some reason didn't understand what happened with Martavis Bryant and how he was now suspended for the entire year, you miss a drug test, it's considered a failed test, period, end of story. So if you're already in the drug, the drug system or whatever they, they term it in the National Football League, Le'Veon Bell's already been suspended for two games starting the 2015 season. He would then be facing a suspension of almost a half of a year. My question for you, Chris, is when you heard this news, what was your immediate reaction? And then also, what do you think about maybe the credibility of these uh, of these reports? Well, you're, you're, you're looking at, when you're looking at this 
this type of a story, immediately you got to come out and say, all right, what happened? Because I remember, if you remember the incident with Bell last time when it involved Garrett Blunt um, two years ago, initially the thought, a lot of people said he's done for the season. Like, you know, he, that's not going to happen. And, and there were so many rumors spread around, and it was thought that, it was thought that he was insane. Like, he got, he, got, he got in a fight with a cop. Like, there were all sorts of things spread around. So my first reaction when these kind of things happen is, all right, who's saying it? And there's certain guys that if you that that you know, like once they say it, it's pretty much a done deal. Um, like if Adam Schefter, you know, he's he's one of your key national guys. But locally, if you're listening, if you're like following Mark Caboli or Gary Dulock or Ed Bouchette, um, or or even us behind the steel curtain dot com, usually like, there's there's certain people that you know that you can rely on. They won't jump the gun on a story, um, you know, and they'll re- they'll report responsibly. But I mean, th- this kind of stuff happens all the time with people spreading rumors saying that this guy did this, this guy did that. And um, you, you just never know. And, and if anything is experienced, and I know this is a, this is the uh, social media has made everything immediate. Everything is right at the, at, at your fingertips all the time. And so it's hard for people to not jump the gun, to not want to make conclusions out of things right away. But the more you look at it, the more you realize this might not be true. This might be, we need to, we need to react this way. So when I saw that, I'm thinking, Bell, you know, if he did something, let's wait and see. And so far, he's come out and plausibly denied it. That denial has been supported by um, other sports sports writers like like Caboli, um, like Bouchette, and we've seen no further reports of him missing or failing a drug test. Um, you know, Caboli let out a tweet on the same day that all this happened, and he said there is supposed to be there's a rumor that there's a big news item for a Steelers player coming out soon. And he, what he thought that, uh, that this might, that this whole thing was just someone trying to take a, a random stab in the dark to see if they could be the one that sort of quote unquote breaks this story open. Um, but he said, by any means, there's no evidence to, to suggest that Bell has missed it. And I feel like if Bell did, he would have, he would have, he'd be in full like backpedal mode and trying to cover it cover up his tracks and try to lessen the suspension as much as possible. Because remember, Martavis Bryant, that was his third strike. Because um, he, had, he had one coming into the league and he had another one and uh, that, that he got suspended for, for the four games this season. And then, the, and then this one was his, was his third strike and now he's out for a year. Uh, but Bell, he only has one strike. So if he was to get suspended, it most likely would be in the four to six game range, I would imagine. Um, but after that, then it'd be so like even like a lot of people say oh he's done for the season he's gonna get the Josh Gordon treatment like no it's not the same thing, um so my my initial reaction was to 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 wait for wait wait for more reactions from the credible news sources that are out there about Pittsburgh sports and um, and once he came out and denied it I felt pretty confident I was like this is just a, a story so um uh so yeah that's uh that 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 was my take on it Jeff what did you think because I know. I know you have you have problems with certain people out there in the uh, the blogosphere or like the sports talk network that that is Pittsburgh sports. Uh, yeah, my, I mean, my first reaction. I, I want to give a shout out to a contributor to Behind the Steel Curtain, uh, Mike Frazier. He actually sent me a text message saying, "Hey, I saw this tweet. Uh, we might we as in Behind the Steel Curtain dot com, the community of writers that we have are pretty close knit. He said we might want to keep an eye on this." And so my first reaction was, you've got to be kidding me. Um, more along the lines of, not again. Like, we just dealt with all this with Martavis Bryant as a website, as a fan base, whatever you want to call it. Not again. 
please, not again. And so I asked him, okay, where, where did you hear this from? Where, where, where's the source, like you just said? Because when you run a website, or even if you contribute to a website, the one thing you don't want to do, which you just mentioned, is jump the gun. You don't, everyone wants to be first. I get that, you know. Uh, but at the same time, I don't want to be first and be wrong. If I'm first and I'm mm-hmm. right, like, for instance, Troy Palomalo retires, we're the first ones to get the story up outside as a secondhand source. Perfect. We don't want to, <laughs> let me be more specific, I don't want BehindTheStory.com to turn into nothing but a rumor mill. That's just not the way I want the website to be run. So he told me where his sources were. He said it stemmed from a Mark, Mark Madden tweet, which immediately a red flag went up for me uh, in terms of yep. credibility. And then um, after that, a couple other – there are some websites out there. There's more than one. And they're going to jump on a story like this, and they're going to run with it, and they're going to get a lot of traffic for it. That's just not what I want to do. So I, I guess I want to talk about one main thing about this whole situation. A lot of people on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com that commented when I wrote the story about his denial of missing a drug test is they said, like, well, if this is being a rumor, I'm going to believe the rumor. Well, if the guy denies it, what basis do we have to not believe Le'Veon Bell? I know that he got in trouble with LeGarrette Blunt, and he got in 2014 and had to sit out the first two games of 2015. However, he never lied about it. No one, he never went to the media and said, I never did that, but they're full of it. Next thing you know, the NFL investigates, and they find out that it was true, and what happened happened. That never happened. So if you're basing your fact that you don't want to believe Le'Veon Bell on the fact that he's messed up in the past, that's fine, but I think that's pretty shoddy on your part. In, in my view, I look at it and say, when has this player lied about something before? And with Le'Veon Bell, it's really – I can't think of one, and maybe you can in his rookie contract that is about to expire. We're going to talk about that later, but um, he's a, he seems like a pretty trustworthy guy from a fan to athlete perspective. I'm going to believe him, and I think the fact that these rumors broke two days ago, if this is true, there's no way this rumor is being sat on for this long. There's no way. With Martavis Bryant, it was the, the rumor started breaking, and next thing you know, it was it was released. It was it was admitted. It was talked about, and then everything just flowed from that. It was like a waterfall in this. Um, and to answer my question, can you think of any reason why you wouldn't be able to believe Lady on Bell in this situation? I mean, essentially, it's because some people just don't like. There's some people out there that they don't like. They they think that athletes are all liars. And, and I'm I'm going to say this, Jeff. I think it's a lot of people that think that black athletes athletes are are, are liars. Um, and I mean, there's 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 often a thing like as soon as a a a player makes a drug related mistake or is accused of something along the lines, the tendency is to blame them. And whether it's not, it's because they're black. I think that there's definitely a lot of racial animus that comes out on it, and you can even see it, in, you know, in a lot of the comment sections of SB Nation blogs, including our own, which we do a good job of of getting rid of once they're out there. But a lot of people they want to believe the bad the bad stuff sometimes, even about their own players, because they, I think it gives you the ability to say, well, if if uh, if this player wasn't such a jerk or a, a dummy, you know, and he thought about the team first, my team would be winning more. And it's another one of those homer, homer things where you know it kind of gives you a chance to make an excuse to say, well, my team could have beaten one of the Super Bowl this year, but this guy was stupid, and it's not his fault that Ben Roethlisberger didn't get another ring. Um, and I think that that all plays into it quite a bit because I mean you see it every year. People want to play in the thing, even their own players. I mean, you know, it's 
it, it is different when it's a, when it's fans from other teams because naturally there's just trolls everywhere that want to talk bad about other about other teams, especially when it's a successful franchise like the Steelers that a lot of people hate. But when it's coming from your own fans, it, you know it it seems baffling to some. Like you and me, we sit here like, why are people saying these things? But I, honestly, from my interpretation of how a lot of things are said, like, I mean, they, a, a lot of it stems from just uh, an inner hatred that they that they feel afraid to bring out in the open. Um, in, in, you know, in uh, on the regular because it's become it's become much more it, there's there's a much there's a much higher uh, sense of of, of a community of community that says that that's unacceptable you can't do that in the open so I I think that that come, that's where it stems from because people are waiting to attack athletes and some of it's also people that are jealous because I, I mean a lot of people talk about if I was able to make that kind of money I wouldn't be making you, you're not making that kind of money man. And yes, I feel like if if I was in that position, I would hope that I would not be uh, not not make those the kind of stupid mistakes that cost players hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. But I'm also not that player. I also didn't go what they went through, which was intense training and probably a lifetime of insane workout regimens that you know that that trained my brain a certain way, and I didn't you know I didn't do get a lot of experience, and I had money thrown at me by the time I was 19 years old. You know, there's a lot of factors that a lot of people don't understand, and I think that all leads into why people jump the gun and want to say, oh, this guy totally did it. I believe the rumors. That, that's my take on it. Well, and, you know, right now, to be honest with you, you know, um, on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, on the article that's kind of promoting this show tonight, um, a lot of people are talking about, um, you know, one, one reader in particular, KY Steelers fan, is saying, if untrue, if, if this rumor, if these rumors turn out to be untrue, then Mark Madden, who was kind of the root cause of what happened here, he needs to be dealt with in some way over the fact that this is obviously a false rumor. But the problem is with me and, and the fact that you want to go after the source and get you know Mark Madden to be, other than having to go on his radio show and say that he was wrong, it's just not the way that the world works anymore. This would be like saying that Ian Rappaport, I think, was, was it Ian Rappaport that had the whole Ben Roethlisberger once traded crap? Was that him? Yeah. Um, I think it was oh, my gosh. It, it was, was, it was that Rappaport, was yeah. Rappaport. Okay, yeah, so that, guy, that would be like saying, okay, well, well, Rappaport needs to be fired because he started this whole Ben Roethlisberger once traded. Well, all he has to say and all Mark Madden would have to say, if it turns out to be false, is, well, my source was wrong or I had a bad source. The The, the – I don't think you can deal with them actually in a in a critical way, but in a, a social media way, in a credibility way, they should take a gigantic hit. Now, Ian Rappaport's protected by the NFL Network and NFL.com. Mark Madden, he's more out in the open, and so I think that if it turns out that it's not true, that he didn't miss a test, that he's not going to face further suspension, then someone should be calling his show and saying, "What are you doing?" Because you didn't you didn't have to push this out there. You know, if let's say for, then his tweet for those that didn't know, said a very credible source said that Lev Bell missed the test, is going to be suspended. News is about to break. Essentially, that's what it said in a nutshell. The problem is, is that if he's going to do that, you know what you're doing when you hit that tweet button. You, now, to his credit, I don't think he's deleted the tweet. He's stuck by his word. So, um, in, in that aspect, it, it would be nice to be able to see him get, you know, obviously whatever's coming to him, but. From a literary standpoint, I don't think it's necessarily going to be uh, the best. We have a caller uh, who is uh, regular on the website. He's a contributor to our Friday Night Five questions. He writes that for us every week. Uh, Steeler Feature, you're on the air with Jeff and Chris. Go ahead, buddy. 
Hey, Jeff and Chris. It's good to talk to you guys. It's been a long time. Yes, it has. How you been, Fever? Oh, man, it's all good with, with uh, Stuber Fever. I, uh, good, good? <laughs> yeah, it's been a really good year, man, so far. I just got back from a trip to uh, Colorado, which is really nice. And uh, Okay. Ready for a new year behind the steel curtain. Yes, sir. Awesome. What do you want to talk about, Peter? What is Steelers related? Well, I've got a question for you, but first I was going to say, Chris, that art you have, man, where the uh, Steelers beat the 49ers today, awesome (laughs) article. Thanks, man. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. For the the Chris, you're not fired up, near as fired up as during the season. But uh, my question is this. Mm-hmm. Are, are still going to have to redo the Timmons deal to get Le'Veon Bill signed up for a few more years? And let's talk about contract works. Uh, you know what's in the what what's in the future for uh, Antonio Bryant? That sort of thing. And one last question I got for you is Sammy Coates. I watched him play in college. I was really impressed. Uh, he, his favor will mention NFL.com is is Martavius Bryant is an NFL player, and uh, I've got a lot of confidence he's going to step up next year. How do y'all feel about Sammy Coates? Good talking to you guys. I'm going to let you go, and uh, I'll call you back once the season gets started, not before. All right, right Fever. Thank you for calling in. Appreciate it. All right, so let's go ahead and answer those. So I'll tell you, take, take the first one. He, he brought up Le'Veon Bell's contract first. Um, we were, I was, that was on the docket to discuss anyways. What are your thoughts on Le'Veon Bell's contract, and then we'll get to his other two talking points after that. I, I don't think there's any chance that Steelers let this guy go. He, Le'Veon Bell is the uh, he's he's the man, and the Steelers know he's the man, and I think that he's really beloved. If you see the way that Mike Tomlin talks about this guy um, off the field, you know, he calls him juice. Like you know, he always seems happy to see him, um, and on the field. I mean, if you if you remember. It was, I think it was two seasons ago now, and uh, Le'Veon Bell got, like, a first down in a tough situation. <laughs> and you, you, the, so, some camera or some microphone somewhere caught Mike Tomlin saying, that's a bad mother of a <laughs> – yo, it was, uh, it was so funny. <laughs> I, I don't think that, that, that they're gonna, there's any chance that they let him go. They know he's part of their youth movement. They know he's an essential part of this team. Um, you know, people are like, oh, we can, we can afford to let him go because we have D'Angelo Williams. No, wrong. Um, this guy is one of the better talents in the league. Um, we'll get into his whole ranking in the top 100 later. But I, I see that either they get his job, his, his contract done before the before get the opening day game of this season, or at the end of this season afterwards that they settle it then. But the Steelers rarely do contracts in midseason, from from, from from what I can recall. Um, and it's going. I think they're gonna they're gonna definitely gonna give him like a four four year deal um, and sign into like a decent contract. Um, the question is, you know, how big of a contract is it going to be? What are they going to offer him? Because they have a lot of players like Le'Veon Bell that they want to, they want to, they want to. Uh, Antonio Brown's going to need a new, a new deal in a bit. Um, you know, Ryan Shazier's deal is coming up in a few years. Marcus Wheaton's on the chopping block soon. Uh, I think he's a contract year for him as well. So you know, they got a lot of decisions like that they got to make. You know, Stephon Tuitt in, in in another year or so. Um, so there's 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 a lot of concerns there, but I think they're going to be able to get Bell signed and be well within the cap and still be able to, to operate and get other people. But 
Um, they're going to lose some young, youngsters soon, but I don't think that Bell is going to be one of them. Uh, and I think the deal is going to get done after this season. They're going to let him play play the season. And actually, I personally, I think the Steelers are going to let him let him go play the season without the without a new contract. But personally, I think it'll be smarter get him now while he's coming off an injury. And personally, I feel like if Le'Veon Bell hadn't had been been uh, you know had the injury last year and been suspended, I think that he could have had a career season that would have you know cemented him as with one of the best weapons in the league. Uh, or no, the best weapon in the league, even over Antonio Brown. Um, but that being said, he didn't because he because he missed he, he missed three games early, and then he got hurt in the middle of the season for and, and only played five games this year. Uh, so I think going for, going forward, it's like you know his stock is it's a, he's, he's well respected. They know he's, a, he's a, he can be an elite player, but you know he's been injured for the past two. He's he got himself injured in each of his first three seasons. You know his stock, you know, isn't as isn't through the roof yet. So if the Steelers resign him now, there might be a chance that it's not that they're giving themselves a sort of Antonio Brown advantage. You know, if people remember Antonio Brown was signed to a five-year deal that paid that paid him around five million dollars a year, and that was perfect because at the time Mike Wallace was perceived to be the top receiver in Pittsburgh, and Mike and Mike Wallace wanted the big money. We weren't going to pay him the big money that he got from Miami. And we got Antonio Brown, who is the best receiver in football, for a ridiculously cheap price for the talent that he is. So I think they're going to – I would hope that they would try to get, get Le'Veon Bell while they can now at a cheaper price. But that's just my take. What are your thoughts, Jeff? Well, you know, the news actually today on this, and uh, the Steelers finishing up minicamp, this will be a part of my minicamp report for day three, a recap, is that Le'Veon Bell told Jeremy Fowler of ESPN that he is not going to discuss a new contract with the Steelers until he knows that his knee is 100% healthy. I don't really know what to think about that. Um, most likely, that's a play from his agent saying, look, we're going to wait till he's healthy, and then we're going to start entertaining uh, We're going to start entertaining offers, so to speak. And I think what that is saying is that we're not going to let you lowball us just because he was hurt last year. He's still the best running back all around running back in the league. He's the best pass-receiving uh, running back. He's basically an invaluable part of the offense, even with D'Angelo Williams on the roster. You're going to have to pay the man, and that's kind of what I see from those comments. Others might read other uh, into that elsewhere, but um, they have they have little space this year, but more space next year. So if they right. let him play out his rookie deal, which is dirt cheap, by the way, um, then they could do what they did with all the other free agents this year. I mean, no one was as high profile as Le'Veon Bell would be. But you have, um, you know, what William Gay and and Robert Golden and Ramon Foster did where they signed right before free agency. They kind of cut him a deal. They would have to negotiate pretty hard for him. Now, this does bleed into uh, Steeler Fever's second comment, which was about Antonio Brown's contract. Now, I was very adamant in my writing uh, that I thought that Antonio Brown was going to be locked up um, this year that they were going to try to get him a new deal, give him an extension. And I think that I'm going to be wrong on that. Uh, you listen to what Art Rooney II has said. You listen to what Kevin Colbert has said. And they're all basically saying the same thing. A player under contract, we're expecting him to live up to his contract. Uh, they don't like to negotiate any player outside of two years. It's not a quarterback. Obviously, he is not a quarterback, regardless of how valuable he is. Um, I definitely think that Antonio Brown – is still in a good spot. He's still making a lot of money. And they might do what they did last year where they throw a little bit more bonus money at him to keep him happy. Uh, but he's, it doesn't seem like he's not going to show up to anything. He was at 
every single OTA session that there was, uh, that he wasn't involved with dancing with the Stars had to miss. He was there for all, all three days of mandatory minicamp. Um, I think that Antonio Brown is really going to cash in before the 2017 season, and that is when some of their dead money is going to be gone. The Cortez, that Allen money is going to be gone. Um, even some of the money from Troy Palomalu and, and Heath Miller, they're going to have more cap space next year. So I think it's uh, that's when that's going to happen. you agree with that sentiment there, Chris, with Antonio Brown? Oh, definitely. I, Antonio Brown. And the writing is on the wall. When he when Antonio Brown came in, he was coming on the tail end of Heinz Ward. You know what Heinz Ward did back in 2008? He held out during camp because he wanted a better contract. Now, Heinz Ward, I think he had a he was a, he was a, he was around the same time of his career as Antonio Brown is now. I would think uh, he's a little bit older, older but um, at the same time, Heinz Ward was also the was was in a similar position. He was the heart and soul of the Steelers' offense because of how he hit, how he played, his attitude on and off the field. And Antonio Brown has captured that sort of thing, not the same style as far as Ward, but um, he's captured the sort of like you know the top dog of the offense um, for Ben Roethlisberger to rely on. So I, I think that Antonio Brown, I think he sees the writing on the wall. Listen, the Steelers didn't didn't budge with Heinz Ward. They didn't budge with Terry Bradshaw. They didn't budge with Franco Harris. They're not going to budge for Antonio Brown. And I think he knows that. His agent knows that. Um, and after all is said and done, he's going to get a get the contract he wants from Pittsburgh. And it's going to be for it's going to be for really good money um, during an you know once his five year deal is up because the Steelers are going to want to lock him up. Um, I just I think that they're going to the Steelers love to keep their players like that are like that are like Brown and uh, they're not going to let him slip through. Uh, yeah. Now uh, on bodysteelcurve.com our live thread, um, we had one of our contributors, Flip Steeler, who actually wrote, "How much would we pay me, we being Chris and I, um, if we we're going to give Bell a new deal? What does the deal? I'm assuming he's saying is, is whether it's before the season or whether it's after the season." And the second part is, <clears throat> will you go crazy? Um, basically, if they try to franchise tag him, which could be as much as $13 million for one season. This is a tough question for me um, based on the fact that I think that the franchise tag in, in a lot of aspects in today's National Football League is a temporary thing. Um, look at what's going on with Vaughn Miller up in Denver. Um, when, you, when you're talking about <laughs> he's, he's franchised right now, but he said he's not playing with a franchise tag. It's just the Denver Broncos way of keeping him in the loop and then trying to work out a long-term deal. Could I see them doing that with Le'Veon Bell? Um, yes. Otherwise, if they're going to give him a contract, I would probably say that if they get him anywhere like four to five years, I would say five years is too long. Stick with four. Four years, I'm not even sure what the average running back makes in today's National Football League. Their value has certainly decreased. I would say anywhere between like the five and six million a year. You just throw in some maybe some bonuses, some incentives, things like that. Um, Chris, what? What do you think in terms of franchise tagging Bell? I think if they do franchise tag Bell after this season, it's just a temporary thing. I think it's one of those where literally they're they're only going to do that to keep the negotiations ongoing and not have to worry about him becoming a free agent. But if you're going to give him a deal prior to the season or after the season, about what length? I know you said four years. But throw out some numbers in terms of um, salary per year that you think he might be worthy of and what he might actually get from the Steelers. Man, um, that's a that's a that's a good question. Um, so, like I said, four years. 
I, I view it will it will be like around the. Hmm. I'm tough question. Yeah, it's a tough question because okay, he's definitely above the Antonio Brown stature when he got his five mil, his five mil a year, um, and I think that the Steelers are going to want to lock him up between four four to six years. Um, and who knows? They may put him at five years um, with and, you know for, for the because he's such a he's such a valuable player and he's still young. Like people forget that he skipped he, he was twenty one when they drafted him. And so he's only twenty four now, which means in four years he'll be twenty eight, which is like right in the prime of a of a of a running back. You know, I think like Adrian Peterson, he's like twenty nine, go even getting ready to go on thirty, I think, right now for him. Um and he's still Adrian Peterson. Um so, you know, you wanna lock him up for those prime years. Um I, I say they go like between the eight to ten million dollars a year range, just because they know what he can do. And I mean, if if Bell can have a few full seasons, I mean, it may be some of the best football we've ever seen. You know, as long as he's teamed up with ben, with a healthy Ben Roethlisberger and a healthy Antonio Brown, um, because this Bell he's big. He, he's not just a running back; he's a receiver. He's a he's a pass protector. He's um you know he's a he's a he's an all around he's a, I mean there's so many threats that he brings to the table and he's so fun to watch um that I think that he and the Steelers know that he commands that kind of respect um you know why the Steelers they don't want to sell the farm for, for him they want to keep they that you know they're a, they're an organization that bases itself on stability and keeping it keeping it together and keeping together a nucleus of players that they can count on so they won't break the bank for him they won't you know give up. Um. Uh. You know they won't give up everything for him. So I think I'm of the opinion that they're going to give him around like the eight to ten million dollar range. What What do you think? I'm 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 looking at something right now because I'm trying to figure out some numbers. But give your own thoughts, and I I might have some more. Well, just a few minutes. I, I I think eight to ten might be a little high, especially with his injury history. And and they're obviously going to backload a contract like they do with everybody. But currently, I mean, Le'Veon Bell is due to make one point three million dollars in his final year, which is I mean that is highway robbery for what you're getting yeah. with him as a second-round draft pick. So Adrian Peterson, and he seems to be the watermark for running backs, even though I still am saying that the running back position is becoming devalued every year that the NFL becomes more of a passing league. Now Le'Veon Bell is different because he is also a receiving threat more so than someone like Adrian Peterson. But Adrian Peterson in 2016 is due $12 million. In 2017, he's due $18 million. That's a lot of money. And I think that they're they're going to have a, a tough, them being the, the Minnesota Vikings, we have a tough decision to make with him before paying him $18 million for his services in 2017. However, I would say that $8 million would be my ceiling for, for Le'Veon Bell, at least early on in the contract. Maybe you balloon it up to $10 million in the back half, um, something like that. Maybe I'm underselling what he can do for this team. Maybe I'm underselling his value, but that's just the way that I feel. And the Steelers kind of – to me, it seems like they don't overpay. They don't overpay players. I can only think of one in the last probably decade that they have, and that's Cortez Allen. Um, what are your thoughts after knowing that information? Have it changed at all? Are you sticking with your current numbers? So I, I'd say I I, get, I jump down from ten to nine. Um, when I'm looking at the numbers, okay, 
so like you said, Adrian Peterson, for the rest of his contract, Adrian Peterson is going to make about, four, on average, $14 million a year. The next highest is LaShawn McCoy on $8 million a year, and that's coming from the contract that he got while he was in Philadelphia, and then they traded him to the Buffalo. Um, the, the next highest after that, and, like, those are two superstar running backs. The next highest after that, if, if, if I gave you three guesses, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't be able to get it. Um, so, but we're going we're gonna to skip that game just for now. It's Jonathan Stewart making $7.3 million a year. So it's like – and the Steelers aren't any of these teams. They're not the Bills or the Eagles who gave that deal, that deal to McCoy. They're not the Panthers. Uh, they're not the Buccaneers who paid Doug Martin $7.1 million, million a year. But at the same time, you got to – you got you to gotta, – Bell's got to be looking at that and thinking, okay, what's my, what's my best angle here? What's, you know, what am I going to be able to get for myself? Um, you know, but like the the other like the other top backs in the league. I mean, really, when you talk about top running backs right now, I mean, it's between Bell, Peterson, McCoy, and Charles, and you know, like Matt Forte. You know, Matt Forte, he he's the low ball right now because he, he he signed with the Jets. He's a, he's getting like four million dollars um, a, a a year right now, but he's also older. Um, you know, but Demarco Murray, you know, he's making six point three million a year, and again, these are just averages. Um, and he's with the Titans, you know, uh, you just, like, you're looking at that. I think that the, the right range for Le'Veon Bell, because to me, he's, still, he's better than, than all these cats. You know, Adrian Peters is an all, to me is a, is a generational great. Like he, he's one of the best that we've ever seen in this, this span of running backs. But um, so like, you know, I, he won't get 14 million because it's also Adrian Peterson. That was his super deal. Um, but I, I do think it would be between eight to $9 million a year. Now, if the Steelers pull off something, you know, smaller than that, hey, more power to us. I'm down for saving money for the cat. Um, but, you know, I, I foresee them pay, paying him around that range because they want to keep him, and they want to keep him for the long haul. They want, I think they want to put make him one of their cornerstone players, much like they did for the defense when they were locking in players like Paul Amalu and James Harrison and, uh, and you know, Ike Taylor and James Ferrier. And they gave, those were a lot of the big deals that made us cap-heavy back in the late 2000s, but and while people were, were, were crying about that later, that helped us lock down, you know, Super Bowl 43. So I, I see them going in the 8-9 to nine range just because Le'Veon Bell, especially if, if it's done after the season, Jeff, and he's healthy all year and he has a big year and, we, you know, and he helps us get really far, you know, even if it's not winning the Super Bowl, he just has an amazing year, I see them definitely going to pay, you know, dropping a big dollar, the big dollars on this guy. Yeah, I'm, okay, let's put a bow on this conversation, this debate, by saying gotcha. real quick what you think exactly is going to happen. For me, I think that the Steelers are going to sign him before the season starts. It might be at the the witching hour, so to speak, and right before the, the week one uh, kicks off in, in, in Washington. Uh, we've seen them have that happen before. Troy Polamalu signed a contract in the airport when they were getting ready to, to go to their week one venue. I think they are going to sign him before the season. I'll say a five-year contract. I'll say it's going to make him the second-highest paid running back in the league behind Peterson. So five years, we'll say total value, uh, $41 million. That's going to average a little over $8 million a year. I think he's going to get the most guaranteed. Shady McCoy has $18.2 million guaranteed. I think it'll put him at, put him at like $20 guaranteed million, and you give him for five more years. He's still young, like you said. What do you think? What's your prediction? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna side with you because the more I, I originally I thought that they might wait after the year, but the more like I said, it makes more sense. And the Steelers are just a smart organization. 
I think that they're going to sign. I think that you know, the more I think about it, they're going to sign him before this before the season. I think he's going to sign him in training camp in August, the third week of August, if I'm going to be exact. Um, and yes. I think they're going to sign him for like four to five years. We'll say five to just to, just to be safe. And I, I agree, they're going to give him uh, good guaranteed money. The highest guaranteed uh, money is McCoy. The highest percentage right now is um, you know outside of Ezekiel because he's a rookie. Um, is Matt Forte, 75% of his contract uh, is guaranteed money. Then there's two like Lamar Miller with 53%. I, I think they're going to pay him around $8 million a year with some backloaded money um, because they're going to want to protect themselves for, for more renegotiations rene- down the line. Um, I'd say it's going to start off around $6 million a year, but it's going to work its way to about like to the 8 or 9 later and maybe even take the 10 on the final year and then they'll renegotiate, push that money down the line, do what they would normally do. But overall, it's going to average around eight, eight million a year, so five years. I guess it's going to make a $40, $42 million contract overall in total value with about $20 million guaranteed. Yeah, another, another next question that will be for another show, maybe next week's show, is how are they going to be able to do that prior to the season? They're going to have to renegotiate some contracts, which is something the Steelers have openly said they're going to try to avoid doing um, in the future to try to avoid basically what I call kicking the can down the street and never picking it up. Um, and there's a couple candidates that we'll certainly talk about. But I think we both agree Le'Veon Bell should stay when they sign him. I think we both, we both said they're going to sign him before the season. We'll see if that pans out. Now, to finish the uh, Steelers fever trifecta, so to speak, Danny Coates, Okay, Sammy Coates, he said he's watched him, and he's a Southern guy. He's watched him in his time at Auburn. He was impressed. Um, he has the, the, the tangible skills. He's got the size. He's got the speed. One of the issues that he has is that he has the drop. Uh, he dropped a lot of passes when, in Auburn, when he was at Auburn in the SEC. Um, he did have a, a few highlight games. Uh, somewhere I'm wondering where he actually went berserk. I, I think he had over 200 yards receiving. He's a big play guy, and I, I think that one one issue, I guess, if you want to call it an issue, that we that have with Sandy Coates is that right now the Steelers fan base is just their tongues are on the ground with Sandy Coates. They're just like in awe of this guy. And why? Because he really played a decent game in the divisional round against the Denver Broncos, and that's it. Other than that, he had one catch in the regular season. He had a good playoff game. I need to see, and this is just me personally, I need to see more from Sandy Coates in the preseason going to be a really big, important preseason for him. Now, he was getting uh, a lot of repetitions from Ben Roethlisberger in, in minicamp. Marcus Wheaton was held out for an undisclosed injury, which they don't have to disclose that to the public or to the media. Um, and so he was getting some looks. What are your expectations for Sammy Coates? And let's put a number on it. Expectations for Sammy Coates in 2016. Let's talk about yardage and potential touchdowns. What are your numbers for that? I got, I got Sammy Coates scoring six touchdowns and getting about 500 yards. I think that Sammy Coates is going to – he's going to be featured as a, as a, as a speed demon weapon um, throughout the season. Um, he's not going to get all the targets because I think Antonio Brown is really going to is, – is still going – is really going to have a good shot at his 2,000 mark. But I think that um, – I think that Wheaton's going to get a lot more targets. I think that Hayward Bay's going to be used a lot. And Darius Green, I'm telling you, watch out. Him and Jesse James could be – something that, that Todd Haley has a lot of fun with. And on top of that, Le'Veon back, and that's a lot of targets. So I see him getting about 500 yards total, but I think the Steelers take a lot of deep shots with him. Like, you know, the same way that they would target deep with Bryant, they're going to they're gonna try and um, uh, 
they're going to try. They're going to try and take the same kind of shots with Coach. And I think he's going to capitalize on some, not all, but I think he's going to capitalize on some. And we'll, we'll, I think we'll see him explode, you know, late in the season, and then he'll be he'll be hot for the playoffs, and that'll be an extra factor going into the divisional round because we're getting the bye this year, baby. <laughs> I like your optimism. Now, I look at the coach and I say to myself. Who am I gonna? What situation am I gonna be comparing this player to? And what I mean by that is essentially, what am I looking at with Coates in terms of competition? You talk about Antonio Brown and Marcus Wheaton. They're both known commodities. They have a good rapport with Ben Roethlisberger. He can look for those guys. Okay. So now you have Darius Hayward Bay. The coaching staff loves Darius Hayward Bay. I mean, there is a reason why Darius Hayward Bay, even though he was known for having worse hands the worst hands in the National Football League, a first-round bust coming out of Maryland was drafted by Oakland, all that crap. Um, they had him in there when Brian was suspended in the first four games uh, of 2015 over a rookie like Coates, and Coates struggled to get on the field. Now, Coates has a year in under his belt. He's in better shape, reportedly. Um, ben Roethlisberger has a good rapport with him as well. I think that he's going to be – if you said that over-under on Sammy Coates' yardage was 500 – I would say push. I think or, or under. I think that he's going to have a meet, an average season. He's going to have some drops. He's going to fight for targets, like you just said. I think that's the biggest thing. It's not necessarily a cut on Sandy Coates. It's the fact that the Steelers' offense is so prolific that I even wonder if Antonio Brown is going to be able to come close to 2,000 yards receiving, based on the fact that it will based on if Le'Veon Bell stays healthy, and you've got running the ball with Angela Williams and Bell. Uh, you've got all those other targets with, with Green and uh, with the, the outlaw Jesse James. I don't think he's going to have a huge breakout season like some people are predicting. If I'd love to see him step up in any way, shape, or form, it would be in the red zone. He's a big body guy. If he can get high point that ball in the fade, it would be a really, really good thing for the Steelers' offense. So for me, I'm saying personally, I would take the under push or under 500 yards. Sandy Coates will say touchdowns. I'll say three is three or four. Okay, so I'm going to say I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to look at all the weapons they have, man. I mean, with Jerry, you talk about red zone, you got two tight ends that are huge red zone targets. I mean, that's where Ben should be looking. It's where he looked when he was had Heath Miller in there. He has Antonio Brown, who can work the middle of the field better than any receiver in the National Football League. He's just going to have so many options. Then he hey, fucks out Le'Veon Bell, put him on a linebacker. Why wouldn't you throw it to him? He's going to abuse every linebacker in the league. The only one that he wouldn't is on the Steelers is Ryan Chazier. So I just don't know if he's going to, there's going to be enough football to go around, is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's not a cut on coach. That's just my opinion. You, you, I, you obviously yeah, disagree. Do you want to, my, you want to go ahead and talk about that? Or you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me, and let me just say why. Um, when you look at coach, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that because I think that coach is just going to come out the box and he's going to have, um, he's going to be like Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant put together and stuff like that. I'm saying simply because of the way that he – the style of football that he plays, he's such a deep threat. Now, if, if, if like that's and that's one of the reasons that Martavis Bryant is such a problem for teams with Pittsburgh because Ben Roethlisberger still has that cannon on. He still likes to test people deep, and he's not afraid to test you deep, even if it's third and one. Um, and I think that Pittsburgh's going to be able to use that to their advantage – um, like, if you look at last year, Marcus Wheaton, it was his best year by far. He had five touchdowns and 749 yards. Now, part of that is because Marcus Wheaton's also a sharp route runner. But the other part of that is 
because is because I think that he he only he got five touchdowns and he was really good at it, but he would have had more if he was the deep threat guy that they could always rely on to kind of bust over the top. Sammy Coates, in my opinion, because he won't be the sharpest route runner. I mean, Antonio Brown's the man. Marcus Wheaton's a good route runner. I think Hayward Bays runs, will run sharper routes because he's a veteran. But Sammy Coates, because of his youth, because of his speed and his size, I see them send, them sending him out, him out deep a lot. And because of the other weapons in, in green, in brown, in Wheaton, in Bell, and, you know, the, other, the team, other teams are going to be so focused on them that he's going to get a lot of one-on-one looks and Ben's going to want to test it. And I just think that on certain points in the season, he's going to get those shots and he's going to capitalize. And that's why they drafted him was because they wanted an, an, another deep threat, um, you know, for, for Ben to work with. And that's what I'm thinking. And it's going to be much like, you know, and, you know going back to a guy I mentioned earlier, Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace on Pittsburgh averaged eight touchdowns a season. He was not a sharp route runner. He was not a possession receiver. He was strictly a speed demon. And occasionally he caught things over the middle and turned them into long, long plays. But I see Sammy Coates kind of like a Mike Wallace, you know, a, a taller Mike Wallace. And I, I think he'll – I'm not sure if he'll be as fast or faster than Mike Wallace. I still haven't looked at – I need to look at their 40 times. Um, but uh, I, I think that Sammy Coates is going to be used in that respect. And that – and that uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, he's going to be – he's going to love that. And he's going to test him out a lot. And uh, that's what's going to lead to him getting getting more targets. And that's why I see six touchdowns is a, is a fair number to give for Coates just because Ben's going to give him those deep, those deep shots. And I think he's going to capitalize. All right, so we disagree, and that's fine. One thing we don't disagree on is Frank Walker Law. Smart or stupid? Those strobing lights in your rear view? That flashlight shining in your face? License, registration, and insurance, please. The little adventure you're about to have with this guy? Uh, I'll need you to step out of the vehicle, please. Okay, so you've done something stupid. Fix it with a smart move. For DUI or criminal defense, call Frank Walker of FrankWalkerLaw.com. He knows his way around a courtroom. 412-532-6805. 412-532-6805 or FrankWalkerLaw.com. Yeah, big shout-out to Frank Walker. He sponsors all of our podcasts on our Behind the Steel Curtain uh, platform of The Standard is the Standard. It's The Standard is the Standard. It's our Black and Gold Blitz show that we do every week, and we're getting ready to unveil a whole new slate of podcasts coming up in the coming weeks. All will be sponsored by Frank Walker Law. Now, we have another caller, Chris. Let's get this uh, gentleman on the air. We have Alex, who wants to talk some salary cap. What's going on, Alex? Not much, man. Um, I, I I think that uh, if we're in a really great position. We have an embarrassment of riches, and when you got that, there's no way you can really go wrong. You're going to sign two or three of the headlining guys. You're going to find a way to make it work, and you're not going to be left with nothing. You're not going to wind up like Denver letting all their stars walk out of there because you weren't planning well enough for trying to secure Peyton's legacy. But I, th- I think there's a way to keep the core guys. We can keep Bell, Brown, and one or the other, Wheaton and uh, Wheaton or Bryant. And we got enough young guys coming in on new contracts like uh, like uh, Ladarius Green and Sammy Coates, to where it's going to keep it fresh. But we got this year where we got everybody, and we need everybody to pulling together and make it work when we got everybody under contract. And I think that if, if everybody's clicking, everything's going good. We're, we're in for a good ride this year. Yeah, I, I agree, Alex. Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry, were you not finished? Um, yeah, I was just uh, 
with the way that Brown's production flew off or dipped down when Ben wasn't in, whether that's just because he had a left-handed guy throwing him the ball or Jarvis Jones wasn't up to up to par with everything, um, w- w- do you think they would maybe sign the contract as long as however long Ben's got left on his contract? It's four <laughs> years now, I think, right? I think it's a fair question. I, I don't think it'll relate to Ben Roethlisberger. I think that they're going to give him a year because Antonio Brown's going to be one of those guys that if Ben retires while Antonio Brown is still killing people out there, it's going to be Antonio Brown's going to be like the Heinz Ward role. He's going to be trying. I think he's going to be the guy that that brings in the young receivers. He 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 works with whatever new quarterback comes on the team because remember, it's not that it's not that there was a left-handed quarterback in Michael Vick. It's that these guys just weren't that good. And, and yes, Antonio Brown did drop a touchdown pass against the Ravens, but he's also human, and he makes mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Um, but uh, I, I feel like what the, what the Steelers will do is they'll draft. They'll soon they'll go after a quarterback they feel comfortable going after, and then they'll build him behind Ben Roethlisberger, and then they'll hope that he can become the future that that they want to see. And I don't think that that will relate to how they signed. Antonio Brown because I, I I don't think that Antonio Brown's a player that and they know and they know I think they also know this is that he's not a player that just needs Ben Roethlisberger to work he he's a player that if if you put him with you know with, with I think if you put him with Ryan Tannehill he'd be he'd be blowing it up I think if you put him with Cam Newton he'd be blowing it up I think if you put him you know, uh, in, in anywhere he'd, he'd be a problem so yeah, but that that's the, just that's just my take I think the the, the problem with with that kind of thinking is that the people that have that, maybe not Miami, I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. the only reason he would leave is because of money. We don't, have, we don't have the cap space to get him, and the people that have all the cap space are the people that have, like, the Teddy Bridgewaters and the, uh, the Blaine Gabbard starting and stuff like that. They don't have – the people that have the top-tier quality quarterbacks are paying for them, and they're already an established well – well and off team, so it's just kind of like when you chase the money. Usually, that I've noticed, it's you're going to some place for the money, not because you got a legitimate chance to get in there to to get well, to the well, Lombardi. Let me let me tell you what, because something you asked when we were off the air and we were just talking before we got you on was about the cap space and, and how you can do it. One website that I think is really good and that does the best job of making things look simple is called OverTheCap.com. If you go there. You know, they'll show you year by year, player by player, what's the, and they'll even explain, you know, what's a base salary, what's prorated, what's a cap number, what's dead money, what's the cap savings, how much money do they have this year. Now, people, I think it's a bit of an illusion that the Steelers are in so much trouble with, cap, with the cap right now. Their thing is this year they have to survive the cap. But in 2017, as it stands right now, they have $51 million in team cap space, which means they can sign Le'Veon, they can re-sign Le'Veon Bell, they can extend Antonio Brown, they can re-sign David DeCastro, they can re-sign they can go Shazier and to it down the road. And that's just 2017. You know, 2018, you know, it goes up to $82 million a year. Now, of course, those numbers will drop as, as soon as they start re-signing players or adding more free agents in those coming years. So, like, don't, don't sit on those numbers like those will last forever. But yeah. that's to show you that literally we go from having $1.67 million in cap space at right now for the rest of this season to $51.8 million. That's really a 50, that's more than $50 million a jump, in, a jump in cap space. And it's primarily because 
we got all this dead money. Cortez Allen is taking up $4 million right now in, in cap space this year because of the guaranteed money on his contract before release. Keith Miller's taking up $3.1 million. And then you got other players like Durant Grant for 366000 Dre Archer and yada, yada, guys with small numbers. But all, all right now, there's $8 million in what they call dead money, which is money that you guarantee to a player that's not on your team anymore that has to still get, get off here. And we just got out of the And the reason we've been in trouble for so long and why it's been a point of discussion is because Troy Polamalu's uh, uh, guaranteed money was such a hit. And the biggest one for years was Lamar Woodley. When we – when we when we cut him from the team, his contract was so had so much guaranteed money. It was just such a hit for years. We couldn't do anything, and now we've kind of Kevin Colbert has kind of put us in a situation where we can keep our guys. And that's the thing: a lot of teams when they get that fifty million dollars cap space, like you like you mentioned, the Dolphins, they'll go after big free agent names. We don't have to because we got the talent right here. So I see when I see like when you get to sign, say say okay, this year Marcus Wheaton and Le'Veon Bell. Are two guys that are um that you know are two guys that we need to sign. David DeCastro, David DeCastro is another one um, for, for for next year. If you gave if you gave Le'Veon Bell eight million dollars a year and Marcus Wheaton three million dollars a year, and these are just you know rough averages. This isn't exactly how everything would work. It's not it's not this simple. But if you did that, you still have forty one million dollars to work with in twenty six in, in twenty seventeen. And then on top of that, and so you so so you want to sign DeCastro to like ten million dollars, you still got thirty one million. So like there's they have room to work with. And I think it's it's uh it's it's really complicated. It's I'm I'm still learning every day how the salary cap in the NFL works because it's a it's a large process. It's why there's a lot of people that get paid good money to handle it and to analyze it. Um but from everything that I've seen on over the cap um, the Steelers are in a decent spot right now to re-sign their players and keep this core together, but they just have to be smart and not jump into a situation like a Mike Wallace, you know, like uh, uh, an Sue and like all these other teams that have signed players into huge deals and now have bunched up their space. So that's that's just my take. Yeah, I can't. Well, I, I see people all the time talking about in Elway we trust and stuff like that. And he's, I I, I cannot think of a better general manager. For us, than what we got right now in Kevin Colbert, he's that's the stuff that I've been seeing him doing, the moves that he's been making, and like you, I'm 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 right at the infancy of my knowing how the salary cap works. I just read and react right now. I have no way of understanding it at all, but I'm I'm starting to get more into it. So very happy with uh, with our with our management. Not not every team in the well, NFL has the kind of caliber people that we do behind them so yeah now you're right Allison I, mean, I want to get back to what your original comment was because I think that my co-host couldn't be further from the truth in terms of Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger and their connection with one another um, I would not be shocked if Antonio Brown signed an ex- extension not that he wouldn't play after Roethlisberger leaves but you you listen to Antonio Brown's very active on social media players like that give you a glimpse of what it is going on through their mind um, you can obviously see frustration. You can see what they're looking for. It wasn't too long ago that Antonio Brown sent a tweet out saying that he's just very fortunate to make it, making this much money, however much money he's making to play a game, that money is not that big of an issue for him, which was quite a change from where he was even a year prior to when rumors were that he was sitting out of a mini camp or an OTA session. Um, he was angry about his contract. Just think, and Chris, I'm talking to you here, 
Just think mm-hmm. if Antonio Brown went and signed with the Miami Dolphins, a la Mike Wallace, after leaving Pittsburgh. Can you just think what it was like when Landry Jones and when Mike Vick were throwing him the football and how frustrated he was. Yeah. And that poured over. You could see it. You could see it. Ryan Tannehill sucks. Okay, I'm going to say that right now. He had Mike Wallace. Mike, he, he had Mike Wallace as he's probably still one of the best deep threats in the league. And all you have to do, Ben Roethlisberger approved this, is just throw it early and let him run underneath it. And he couldn't even do that. And so then you have Antonio Brown, who's all about precision. It's all about knowing exactly where the break is, throwing him open. Ryan Tannehill would not be able to do that. Teddy Bridgewater would not be able to do that. There's a few quarterbacks in this league that would be able to do that. But don't think for a second, in my opinion, that Ben Roethlisberger's status with the team, his contract length, how long he's going to be there is not in the back of Antonio Brown's mind. Because why? You need a quarterback to throw you the football. Sure, go to Jacksonville. They'll pay you the, make you the wealthiest player in the world. But you know what? When Blake Bortles is throwing you the football, you're going to be secretly pining for Ben Roethlisberger or, hell, maybe even Bruce Gradkowski if you're talking about Blake Bortles. But those guys suck. And, you know, Flip Steeler, who's writing for the website now, he did a great R2 uh, great tandem articles of the AFC and NFC quarterback picture. You look at that and just look around the, the conferences, it's horrible. I mean, the, the state of quarterback, the quarterback position in the NFL right now is god-awful. I'm sorry. Yeah. If I'm Antonio Brown, that is weighing in on the, the situation. Ben Roethlisberger is his guy. They've got a, a connection that is second to none, in my opinion, and that's the reason why they're so dynamic. That has to play a role I understand what you're saying, Chris, that it's all business and he's going to try to make his money and all that stuff and whoever the quarterback is, yada, yada, yada. What I'm saying is that it will play a factor, and that's what I think. Oh, no, I think you misunderstand. I'm not saying that Antonio Brown only cares about money. I'm saying that if – you know, the comment that – I was saying the comment that he needs Ben Roethlisberger and that he's he's going to base how he stays here on, on, you know, his contract, the the length of his extension based on – how long Ben Roethlisberger is here? Because I know that, that that Antonio Brown, well, he probably couldn't he couldn't get the numbers that he gets with Ben just with any old quarterback. He could still put up big numbers. Um, you know, people forget that you know Mike Wallace had ten touchdowns in 2014 with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. Um, and Ryan Tannehill, we you know he does he when, when you say he sucks, I, I don't think that Tannehill sucks. I think that he's overrated. Uh, he he's overpaid. He sucks. Uh, but. No, you know who sucks? Landry Jones sucks. And Landry Jones, I mean, the dude, the dude is horrible. When you compare, now, this, listen, if you had, answer me this very truthfully, Jeff. If you had to take Ryan Tannehill or Landry Jones oh, well, into a game, come on, it's a starting quarterback. But that's my point. That's my point. You put Antonio Brown with Ryan Tannehill. He's going to put up big numbers. He'll have 12 to 10, 15 touchdowns a, se- a, a season and still be putting up around 15 to 1,600 yards. And, and that's because he's going to be so unstoppable and Ryan Tannehill's going to find a way to work the ball to him. Landry Jones occasionally, like you saw Landry Jones, as bad as he is, still hit Antonio Brown with some nice back shoulder throws with that slant against the Raiders that he, that he was able to almost take to the house and close the game out in that situation. Because if you remember, Landry Jones came in in relief in the fourth quarter. But so put Ryan Tannehill, a, a much better quarterback than Landry Jones, not to say that he's really good, not to say that he's anywhere near Ben's caliber, but Antonio Brown would still find a way to make it work there. That being said, that is not me that I think that he's going to look at. When I'm, when I'm saying this, Antonio Brown is going to want to be a lifetime stealer. 
he's, but he's not going to base that contract off of how long Ben is here. Now, he, well, he's definitely going to want to get the wins in while he can while Ben is here because he knows that he has a great right now. And it, you never know who you're going to get. You know, the Steelers, the last time we had a, a, a great quarterback in Terry Bradshaw, the next quarterback was Mark Malone, and that worked out horribly. You know, I was going to say some, another word. But, uh, when you, but he's, so he, I think he knows that, but also I think that he's going to be that player that when he comes in, he's not going to, he's not, he's not going to run away from Pittsburgh just because Ben's gone. I think he's going to be able to, like, look, I'm going to work with this young group of receivers and maybe a young quarterback, and we're going to try and keep this nucleus together. And I think that's what the Steelers are going to want him to do is be that leader because so far he's been a leader. And, yes, he did complain to Landry Jones when he missed the pass, but that's what you're supposed to do when you're a leader and a young guy on your team isn't getting the job done. You don't coddle them. You don't come over and say, hey, man, it's going to be good. No, man, we got a standard here. The standard is the standard, and you got to live up to it. And then Landry Jones picked it up a little bit. And that's why, that's one thing I like about the Steelers, and I like about Antonio Brown. So that, I'm not saying that Antonio Brown's going to chase after the money and go get a Mike Wallace deal or a Larry Fitzgerald deal, but I do think that he doesn't need Ben Roethlisberger to put up the numbers to, be, to make the Pro Bowl. I do think he needs Ben Roethlisberger to win a Super Bowl. That's my take. Hey, well, I got right, you. Alex, you got one, one, yeah, one, go one more quick question. Uh, sure. What, what scares me and I, what I don't think is getting enough attention is the uh, Mike Wallace and Joe Flacco connection. It's like a match made in heaven. You got, you got uh, Mike, I can't do anything but run in the straight line really fast, Wallace, and Joe, F it, I'm going to throw it for 70 yards, Flacco. Yeah. It's going to be... Yeah, I'm I'm gonna it's it's gonna be very, very interesting to see if Mike Wallace still has anything left in the tank. Because that's not getting any 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 attention that I've seen anywhere. I think I almost feel like they're trying to keep it quiet. Yeah. Well hey Alex, thanks for the phone call. We're gonna talk about this. I'll put you on hold here so you can listen now. Appreciate the phone call. Hey, thank you very much, guys. You know, shifting gears a little bit, he brings up a good point, and it's something that I've thought about as well, is, is the fact that Mike Wallace did sign with the Baltimore Ravens, and he joins now Brashad Perryman, who we thought could have been out with a torn ACL or partially torn ACL, but it turns out he's healthy. Steve Smith Sr., um, Michael Campanero, and now um, he's going to be that fourth receiver. I guess well, he's going to be a top three receiver, guaranteed. I definitely think that it's going to be an issue with the Steelers. However... If Joe Flacco is on his back, it doesn't matter. And that's what I think the Steelers have to focus on. And and in terms of what, you know, Mike Tomlin always alludes to this in his press conferences, which I actually love Mike Tomlin's press conferences. He's so, you know, poetic. It's, it's not about them. It's about us. And I think this is the perfect example. It's not about the Steelers put, defending Mike Wallace. It's about the Steelers putting pressure on Joe Flacco. If, if he wants to throw it 70 yards down the field, he's going to have to take uh, a six, seven-step drop, and he's going to have to have time to un- unload it. And if they can get pressure up the middle or they can get pressure off the edge, especially a quarterback coming off a torn ACL, don't forget about that, then you're looking at possible underthrown pass, you're looking at a possible interception or an incomplete pass. That's my thoughts. What are your thoughts on how to defend someone like that? Mike Wallace is now on the other side of the fence. You know what I'd do? I line him right up with Ryan Shazier because Ryan Shazier is faster than anybody. No, I'm just joking. But I would, <laughs> I would, I look at, I really challenge Mike Wallace at the line of scrimmage because we're investing into these younger guys. 
Mike Wallace is a guy that you didn't you didn't want to throw it to him in traffic. You didn't want you didn't want someone to press him. You wanted you wanted to put him in situations where he could get off the ball freely and he could take and get on his horse down the field or even run a slant and be and be in open space and have the ball put in these wheel box for him to make a good catch. Now occasionally he did make spectacular catches like the one he made um, from Charlie Batch. Uh, or I think it was Byron Leftwich actually against the Chiefs in the in the corner of the end zone. I was there for that one. Um, but uh, you know, when when but at the same time, you know, Mike Wallace he's not spectacular. You have got to force him to be spectacular, and that's what I think teams kind of kind of start realize, you know, after a while in Pittsburgh, and that's why he devalue, he started to, to shortly lose his value because teams like you know what we just got to press this guy. We got to make him earn those big touchdowns. We can't let him just get over the top on us and or get you know, in open field on these slants. And then that in turn opened up more space for Sanders and Brown, and then we saw Wallace get out of here. Um, and there's a lot more to why he left. But at the same time, I think that's what the Steelers got. That's the answer to how the Steelers got to handle this guy because he's, he's going to he's gonna take he's gonna take those deep shots. He's going to be that guy that, that, that you got to keep that keep an eye on. And Joe Flacco very much is the even prey guy. I mean, the, the reason they were able to escape the Broncos was because he threw a ridiculous duck of a, of a pass deep down the sidelines to Jacoby Jones. Now, and the, the two Broncos players tripped and fell over their own shoelaces, and Jacoby Jones caught the easiest pass of his life for a huge touchdown. They got, they got, them, they got them to win that day. Or, well, it's kind of the overtime, and later they got the win. But, um, uh, but I think the same thing's going to go with Mike Wallace. He's going to get those targets, and he's going to get some decent yards, and he may even burn us once it's fight. But press him, make him work, make him fight every minute off the line of scrimmage, and like you said, bring the heat. Put 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 up, put Flacco on his butt. Make him have to dump down to his running back and tight end, or you know go for underneath routes and, and throw into contested situations. That's how you can, that's how you contain a Mike Wallace, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, real quick before we call it a show, we can kind of go on longer than we had planned, and that's okay. Um, Mini camp is wrapped up. OTAs are over with. Now we start that six-week dead period where uh, there's not going to be really any news. On. Not, yeah, exactly. Um, maybe a contract signing, an extension, a restructure. And that's the type of stuff that you hope to hear. What are what are your you – know, the next time that we see the Steelers on a football field, it's going to be on the trail for training camp. It's hard to believe the end of July. That's when that will happen. Um, what are your thoughts about uh, – this off season so far, mini camp OTAs, anything stand out to you? Um, go ahead, now's your chance. I think it's interesting that I like seeing that they're they're not afraid to put Burns up against Brown and stuff like that. If you remember when when Brown got to town and he he came here and he started to become the man, they didn't wait. They put him up against Ike Taylor and him and Ike Taylor, you know, they were boys on the sideline and during games. You know when Ike when he came when Antonio Brown would score a big touchdown, they would do that thing where they would like yell at each other like ah, nah, 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 and then they would like bow and bow, bow to each other and it was a really cool celebration. But if you kept up with what happened in training camp, you'd think that they were like nem- the nemesis of each other because uh, uh, Ike Taylor they would fight because Ike Taylor is such that much of a competitor that he would just be like, no, you're not coming out here and embarrassing me. And Antonio Brown's like, sorry, Ike, I'm better, and they would just go at it with each other. And that's the kind of thing you want to see. You know, let's let's see what what Ari Burns has. Let's see how he tests up against, uh, you know, the baddest dude in the league. And there's no better testing ground than to go up against the baddest man on the planet, and that's Antonio Brown. So I think that that's really important. They're giving those players those type of looks. 
Um, and, and you want to see you want to see that kind of pressure. You know, the iron sharpens iron type of deal. You know what? Uh, you know what? What Mike Tomlin always says. Uh, other things to keep to keep uh, to keep an eye on is just who who it seems to be making to the, the big the big catches and who Ben Roethlisberger seems to be able to rely on. Totes has really stepped up in that regard. He's he, he's really made him made a name for himself. Um, I mean, and not that he didn't already have a name for himself. Um, you know, from his playoff catches, and that people didn't know that he could, you know, run, you know, run with the football and catch a catch a little bit. But he's got to be able to earn his spot on this offense, especially if he wants to, you know, moving forward with his contract because he just finished his rookie season. He's got to earn his keep, and you know, the, the, he's in an interesting situation because the Steelers, they, you know, they're going to try and keep Brown for as long as they can, and he's he's the ace. You're not, you're never going to move Antonio Brown, but. Martavis Bryant, he's got two more years on his contract because he got suspended. What do the Steelers want to do with him? Mar- Marcus Wheaton, what do the Steelers want to do with him? This is his contract here, just like it is Le'Veon Bell. Darius Hayward Bates has got signed at three years, so he's going to be here. Coach, if you, if you want to make, make a name for yourself, you do it right here. And if Coach can light it up, that's, that's what you want to see every, every week in training camp and, uh, and, uh, and mini camps and stuff right now. Keep an eye to see what Sammy Coles is doing. Is he staying after practice to work with Roethlisberger or work with Brown and other players? To try and learn the system better, be a better player, so that come come in and come regular season game one against the Washington Redskins, he's gonna he's gonna be in a position to make big plays for this team. So look for the iron sharpens iron type stuff, and look for players like Sammy Coates to see if he how many reps he can get, where he's where he's playing, is he playing with the first team more, is he playing with the second team more, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, for me, I, I look at it and honestly say that. I mean, this off season, looking back in retrospect, I think it's been so far very a very good off season. I thought the NFL draft was mm-hmm. quality. I thought the signings they made leading up to that, whether it was Foster Gay and Golden, or whether it was bringing Ladarius Green, great, awesome. I thought it was a great off season. And then when many campaigns come around, you don't want to be the topic of news. You just don't want to. You don't want to be nope. the Oh, this guy got suspended. This guy got hurt. They've had some bumps and bruises. Obviously, the rumors that we talked about with Lady on Bell earlier, that's kind of troublesome. This turns out to be true. As of right now, it's not, so we're not going to worry about that. Great offseason. Let's keep it going. Let's let's stay out of the news. I'm okay with creating content. I don't need a player to get suspended or a player to get arrested or anything like that. Um, I'm okay with that. I'll take the less traffic as long as the Steelers are okay. And um, I'm looking forward to training camp. It'll be here before you know it. But for those that don't know, behind the steelcurtain.com is your number one source for all Pittsburgh Steelers news, opinion, commentary, features, you name it. We've got it. Film room, throwback Thursday film rooms. Chris did a great uh, two series on the, the uh, Millennium Bowl that the ESPN ran years ago. Um, it's just great stuff. We've got great stuff coming up tomorrow. Make sure you check it out. And also be on the lookout for some new podcasts coming up next week, as well as a potential new sponsor, all here on the Standard of the Standard platform. Chris, thanks for your time. Thanks for all the callers. We appreciate it. As always, go Steelers. We'll see you next time. Bye. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, 
maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>